Welcome to the Nonprofit Hub Radio Podcast, where we highlight nonprofit innovators, leaders, and influencers every week that are changing the sector for the better. I'm your host, Delaney Molinix, Executive Director of Nonprofit Hub. If you're not for profit and all for purpose, you're in the right place. You see, we know you're already doing good, but we've designed this podcast to help nonprofit professionals find growth, joy, and connection. So tune in weekly for new episodes to elevate your cause, spread the news, and share the resources we share with you. We'd like to thank Act Blue for sponsoring today's episode of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast. Act Blue Charities offers cutting-edge fundraising tools so you can harness the power of grassroots online fundraising. Act Blue Charities tools are available at no cost, and their team of fundraising experts is always there to help. Learn more about Act Blue Charities' easy-to-use platform at actblue.com/abcharities. That's actblue.com/abcharities. You are probably in the midst of receiving all of the latest and greatest marketing, fundraising, you name it, trends, upcoming 2023 trend reports um, in your inbox all over the web right now as a nonprofit professional. And in this podcast episode, we get to talk to Lindsay Lachelle. She is the founder of Open Lines. She is a marketing activist. She is an incredibly talented marketer and she focuses all of her skills on nonprofits. And in this episode, we talk about why we really need to question these trend reports if we are considering implementing them in our own nonprofit organization. And that the most important thing that you need to listen to is not a trend report, but it's your audience. Um, Some other things that we cover in this episode are why marketing is overhead. Um, So stay tuned and check out this interview with Lindsay Lachelle. Lindsay, thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. It's great to be with you, Delaney. Um, So for those of you who don't know you, which I probably, I need the introduction as well, but share a little bit more about (laughs) yourself and your history and your company and all the good things that you're doing. Sure. So, um, so, oh gosh, where do I even start? I I will, I'll, I'll go with this one. I have for a very long time, been looking for a way to marry this need that I have to like contribute something meaningful, make the world a better place, like whatever you want to say. Like I've explored that in a bunch of different ways, volunteering and community leadership and advocacy. And I was an elementary school teacher. Like I've been exploring all that stuff for a long time. Um, But uh, my career has largely been in startups and in marketing and digital marketing. And uh, so I started a marketing agency in 2015. We got our B Corp certification in 2019. I was really, really committed to building a diverse and inclusive team and serving diverse clients and purpose-driven clients. Um, And that was super cool. Uh, The pandemic had other plans. I think there were a lot of pandemic like agencies that went down during the pandemic. And it was a really interesting sort of time for me because the, my employees all took care of themselves, which was a lovely gift. Um, And the clients that I lost sort of didn't hurt that much. And the new clients that came in became they, they came to me and they said, I don't need you to do the work for me, right? Which is what the agency had been doing. They came to me and they said, we just need a plan. 
Like tell us what our marketing needs to be. Yeah. And then, and then we can do it ourselves. And so in the early days of that, I started calling, calling myself the blue apron of marketers, right? Mm-hmm. My clients do their own marketing, but they yeah. do it at a like higher level, more effectively uh, because they're using my recipes and my ingredients. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I've been doing since the summer of 2020. And now I call myself a marketing activist because I only work with the organizations that contribute to justice, equity, sustainability, whatever, whatever that means. Nonprofits, for-profits, BIPOC founders, whatever. Yeah. I, I relate to you on having, being multi-passionate and how it was, it was hard for me to pick um, an organization or a mission that I could fully commit to long-term for mm-hmm. a career when I'm interested in so many different things, like you have justice, like there's climate protection, there's all this different things. Yeah. Um, and so what a cool opportunity to like help advance like all of those causes through marketing. Um, yeah, and then, it's really wonderful. Yeah, I love that your organizations are doing the marketing, but they said like the planning is where it's difficult. And earlier this morning, I had a meeting where, um, and it, it's your colleague as well, owner of Spark Consulting, where she helps people stop focusing on putting out fires and getting ahead in planning because I think where nonprofits struggle is that there, there is a lot of this like putting out fires, like reacting and like mm-hmm. trying to just get the marketing done. And like that planning piece is always not, uh, I wouldn't say not prioritized, but it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The culture is very reactive, mm-hmm. right. Instead of, instead of proactive and the, it is very difficult to convince folks to slow down in order to speed up. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been up to lately? Um, <laughs> so just, I mean, it's crazy that in May you were slotted to be a main stage presenter at cause camp. And again, the pandemic, like, you know, rolled us. <laughs> for, for I know. It's um, such a bummer. I yeah. really thought I like had I I really thought I was going to get away with it, but yeah. So I missed cause camp <laughs> because I got COVID, uh, which was such a bummer. So, uh, but I'm really glad you asked because I actually the the thing the course that I was supposed to do like I had a half a day workshop yes. scheduled at cause camp, right? And it was called that planning was- and prioritizing. Yes. So, like to to your point, right? Um, Every, my experience is especially like a small nonprofit, your marketing, your communications is likely under-resourced in a couple different ways, right? There's probably somebody who is not actually an experienced marketer being asked to do a lot of that work and they're being asked to do more than a full-time job worth of it or more, right? It's they're, they're sort of over-committed from like a time schedule. And so, um, so this course, was designed to sort of lighten that load a little bit and give, you know, anybody who's heard me talk on the, you know, this is, I think maybe my third time on this podcast, like the, every, anybody who's ever heard me talk about it knows that I feel very strongly about advocating for nonprofit employees, that it, it's a, it becomes a more sustainable and ethical sort of um, work experience. And so the, the work of that workshop was to sort of help people make a case for why they should not have to do everything and why like a really smart strategy can make your to-do list shorter and also make your comms more effective. So I took that course that, that I had created that I was ready to do at Camp, and I turned it into an online course. So now you can actually buy it on my website and you can, you can do, it's like 
I don't know, three hours of videos and like 20 different exercises. Like it's a really hands-on in-depth, mm-hmm. like really, really valuable course. And I think, um, I mean, we're talking about having that be available on nonprofit hub yes. too. So that's what I really, I really want to like, I'm, I'm excited that I was able to turn, turn that, that, uh, huge bummer into a little bit of a, a little bit of an asset. Yes. And, and it, it was, it was attractive to people coming to cause camp. Like that was the session that had, um, like was projected to have the most attendance. So 100% we want to have, a <sighs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, kills me. Okay. So this kind of gives us up to a good thing. So we were talking about prioritizing marketing and planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are so many trend reports being released right now. Um, everyone's putting out a marketing trend report, what to look for in 2022. Yep. So just because there's a trend coming out in a report, should a nonprofit jump on that trend in their marketing? <laughs> no, uh, that's an easy answer. I like, so I'm just like, I'm not a super trend follower, trend spotty kind of person. I'll tell you, like my answer a hundred percent of the time, it's not no. A hundred percent of the time, my answer is it depends on your audience. Mm-hmm. If your audience is very trend forward, which PS most nonprofits, it's not right. Like very few that are, that need to be like on trend in order to, to do your job. Like I'm, I'm thinking like anything that is like trying to combat youth smoking or right. Like those are the kinds of things that you need to like keep up with what's hot. Most, most nonprofits really do themselves a disservice by chasing the latest and greatest because that's not how their audiences are. Right. So I just always come back to like, who are your people? What do they need from you? And like, how can we get it? How can we get it to them in the, in the like easiest, most accessible way? And so like one of the, another course that I put up, this is, I'll tell you, like, I just don't hear enough people talking about this, but have like a 20 minute course, like really, really short, sweet. Um, and it's called the social media solution, mm-hmm. how to walk away from social media channels. You do not like mm-hmm. without sacrificing opportunity, because one of the things that this, the specifically the thing I don't hear marketers talking enough about is about how Facebook and Instagram, especially Twitter is this whole other thing right now, but like these websites, these social media platforms, their algorithms have changed Mm -hmm. and we need to be honest about that. We're like 10 years ago. Yes. It was a great place for you to like post about your rummage sale to let your audiences know about it. And then they could share it and post it to their audiences and it would expand. Facebook has like a, like five, 10 thousandths of a percent organic reach right now. Wow. So to get to get five people to see your organic post, you've got to have 10,000 in your audience. Like it's crazy how they have suppressed organic reach in order to incentivize paid reach and boosting uh-huh. posts and stuff like that. So these social media platforms just aren't for the thing that we they used to be for, yeah. but we're still Instagram using them in the same now. way. Like my newsfeed, yeah. I don't care for it. Like not really at all. It's just it's not awesome. what it used yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I really, I, so this is my, this is my like torch right now is just like getting everybody to see that like 
the tool is different. The tool has changed. And so our strategy needs to change too. Mm-hmm. And that like, yeah, I get real fired up about yeah. that. <laughs> if you want to hear more about that, I'm happy to keep going. But I don't <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think that's that's important to say. And and I mean, marketing strategies are different for every single organization. Um, and like you said, it also depends on the team size that you have and their their experience level and what can actually be yeah. done with that individual. So you were able to host, and this is I want to like shine light on the nonprofit hub audience a little bit. If you can think back to the boot camp that you that you did offer for a nonprofit hub following cause camp, is there anything? or even from other boot camps, but was there anything that you noticed in boot camps this year? Trends, patterns, common questions? That's a good question. Let me think. So there's a, a few things that I find myself saying in every boot camp that people really need to hear, right? Um, one of them is that doing doing something is actually not better than doing nothing (laughs) or doing many things in a, it like, I I won't say badly. Nobody, nobody wants to put out bad work, but like doing many things at like a mediocre level is actually not, not as good for your audiences as just doing one or two things really, really well. Mm -hmm. So like tactically, that means I feel really strongly that development and, and marketing need to be singing out of the same hymnal, right? They, we really, really need to get messaging alignment and calls to action and communications timings and all that sort of stuff, like work together on those plans. The second thing that I will say that is like, again, like very tactical that, that um, I feel like marketers sort of want to do this. And a lot of times the ED is like uncomfortable with it. And so that's why I'm like a voice in the wilderness. Wow. That's a lot of, a lot of religious references today. Anyway, <laughs> um, I, uh, I, the, the thing I'm really like fired up about is, is uh, newsletters, email newsletters, where I see so many organizations, they're like, they understand they've got a donor audience. They've got a beneficiary audience. They've got a, um, maybe an institutional funder audience, right? Grants or, or even like high net worth versus small dollar donors. Like Like they've got all these different audiences and they send them all the same email and it kills me. It's like, you would actually be better off ignoring a bunch of, a bunch of these uh, like uh, audiences and just sending one newsletter to the one audience that is going to respond the strongest. Yeah. Like if you only have time to send one newsletter, do otherwise, if it's, if it's literally five different audiences in this massive email, split it up because all you're doing is diluting your message and making sure that people see a bunch of stuff that's not relevant to them. They're going to start to tune you out and then you miss an opportunity there. Lindsay, guess what was a 2023 marketing trend? What was segmenting? <laughs> hey, look at me! I want trend. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I just love it. <laughs> love, it um, love it. Love it. Love yes, it. Yes, super important. I also got uh, okay. Good. About fifty-five newsletters this morning. I think Tuesday mornings is the day. Um, yep. Day and time sure for me. is. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's amazing. 
Hi, this is Kevin Burgess, the editor of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast. Your organization's mission is essential, which means your fundraising program is too. No one understands that better than ActBlue Charities. ActBlue Charities offers cutting-edge fundraising tools so you can harness the power of grassroots online fundraising. Their easy-to-use platform allows you to create donation forms you can send in an email or share on social media. That means when your mission resonates, your supporters can give in just a few clicks. You also have access to an intuitive dashboard that makes interpreting and downloading your contribution data easy. You can strengthen your recurring program, run simple A-B tests, and build a more informed relationship with your supporters. ActBlue Charity's tools are available at no cost, and their team of fundraising experts is always there to help. So head over to actblue.com slash abcharities to get set up. That's actblue.com slash abcharities. One more time, actblue.com slash abcharities. Now here's Delaney and the rest of her conversation with Lindsay Lachelle. There are a couple things, um, two other main things that I kind of wanted to cover. Um, okay. In these are these are personal interests of mine, things that I have learned through attending lots of nonprofit conferences and consuming nonprofit education. Um, lots of conversation around video. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, a conference I attended, someone actually said, if your organization is planning on hiring in 2023, it should be a videographer. <laughs> this is the advice, verbate. This is like actually verbatim. Okay. It is what what are your thoughts about video, the impact of video, and is it something that nonprofits should be prioritizing in their marketing? So video is great. I'm not knocking video. And I, and I really appreciate personally, I appreciate authentic homegrown sort of behind the scenes video. And I think there are very few audiences there are very few contexts right now that that don't feel the same way right like that or that where that doesn't apply I think um for the most part personal authentic off the cuff everybody's got a video camera in their pocket right now so I disagree that everybody needs to hire a videographer because I think many of us can do just as well or better with an authentic and consistent message. Um, and we know the answer to that. The answer is, it depends on your audiences. <laughs> like, don't create video for the sake of creating video. That That's like, don't send an email newsletter for the sake of sending an email newsletter. You got to ask yourself, like, which audience is it for? What, what do they need from us in order to move forward in their journey? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, those are the questions. And if the answer is video content, because that's an important way for them to see our facilities or get to know our staff or whatever it is, great, absolutely do it. But if you can't answer that why question in a very concrete way, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll just give you like one of the one of the exercises in the planning and prioritizing course that I that I did. Five questions. Every single marketing asset needs to be accountable to five questions before it's created. Who's it for? Where are they in their journey? What do they care about? What's our call to action? What are we asking for them? Because like, here's newsflash, like uh, awareness 
is not an action. Mm-hmm. Being aware is a way you're wasting your audience's time asking them to be aware. You got to ask them for a thing because they will respond. Um, and the fifth thing is what's the topic? Like the topic is like the least important thing if you prioritize your audience and your message and your offer mm-hmm. to, to your audiences for them to respond to that call to action. Um, so the answer is maybe you yeah. should get to know your audiences and find out. Yeah. Um, I am a creep. So I was all over your LinkedIn uh, yesterday. <laughs> and you had this just like, it's made me giggle. And so I want to know what the conversation was about. But you had an interview and um, it's, I read something about only bad marketing is overhead. Um, yeah. And what did I miss out on this conversation? <laughs> so this is, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where like the comms is so oftenly under-resourced, right? It's like somebody, somebody without the skills, somebody without the time, somebody without the tools. And this sets up a self-fulfilling prophecy where we're not going to invest in our marketing because we don't expect it to do anything. And so we underinvest in our marketing. And so it's ineffective and it doesn't do anything. And then you've got this like cycle happening where marketing just gets like devalued and devalued and devalued until you don't even think about it as marketing anymore. It's just like the receptionist also manages our Facebook and that's the end of it. And it breaks my heart because it's, it's just that only bad marketing is overhead, right? That's what I was getting at is like, you need to take responsibility. If, you, if, if you're in a nonprofit where your marketing sucks, guess what? <laughs> it's not the fault of the person who's executing it. It's the strategy and the resources that they have to work with. And if they don't have strategy and they don't have resources, then of course, it's going to be mediocre. Like you're, you're doing that to yourself. So, so I, so this is the thing that I, I just like, I want, I need people to understand marketing is an investment. Mm -hmm. You put that time into developing your staff or identifying your strategy or getting to know your audience so that you can be as relevant and as specific as possible to them. And like, then you get to see results and then it pays you back, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody thinks of their development team as overhead. And it's because the development team has what the resources they need in order to do their jobs. And so, yeah, so that's just, this is like me again, like screaming in the wilderness, like you're doing it to yourself because only bad marketing is overhead. So I get really worked up about it. I mean, for-profit organizations have that problem too, right? Lots of, lots of organizations struggle to see the benefit of a long-term investment in marketing and so I'm just sort of the part of my work as, you know, Blue Apron, <laughs> Open Lines, like part of, part of my work is to help people develop that strategy so that they feel confident that the long-term investment is a good one, that, right? So that they can keep doing it, even if it doesn't produce immediate results, you see that like the long game of developing your staff and developing your audience becomes actually really effective for your organization. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up, but um, nonprofit hub, which I know you have a long history with nonprofit hub, um, mm-hmm. we're a place where we're proud to be nonprofit. Um, we try to share good news at the end of every episode for the nonprofit sector. So, could you share either good news or why you're nonprofit proud today? Oh goodness, good news! I mean, 
I can I like brag on some other nonprofits? Yes, yes please. So yeah. I I love to be able to promote my nonprofit clients and colleagues. Um, so I really I would um, like Spark. Uh, Mary Gladstone is amazing. Um, I'm so excited that you've connected with her. So I would like shout her out and the folks over at why it matters. So the thing that they're doing that podcast that you saw me on is, um, they are actually talking to purpose-driven folks specifically in tech. So they talk a lot about software that's being sold into nonprofits and like how to think about it when you're developing it and how to think about it when you're selling it and as a nonprofit. And so like, I feel like that's a really important conversation. Um, There's another podcast called Philanthrope, um, which is sort of like the, a a more human side. And Ali Centurk is one of the hosts there and she's wonderful. And she's in San Diego. She's doing really great work. And then the last thing is that um, I worked this summer with an organization called My Density Matters. And I did not know this, but it turns out that there's a lot more to indicate breast cancer than just your genetic um, propensity. Mm-hmm. And so um, so they're trying to raise awareness um, that... Uh, uh, that allows women to like know what their breast density is because that in the, that changes the way that mammograms are effective or not effective. And it changes the way the likelihood that you end up with something that's um, that's malignant. So it's a really important conversation. And like, I'll just, I'll like do a little bit more bragging on them. So we worked together on their marketing strategy. They were able to take the marketing strategy that we made together take it to one of their um, most important funders and they turned it around for a three X return. So like investing in that marketing strategy, then they took it to their funder was like, we need the resources to actually execute this plan. And their funder was like, yes, absolutely. And so that's a really good example of marketing is not overhead, right? (laughs) Marketing is an investment. Um, so yeah, so I'm just, I'm super excited about all those organizations and podcasts. Yeah. Thank you so much for shining a light on them. They absolutely deserve yeah. it. Um, and always super helpful to hear about more tools and resources and success stories for everyone with at nonprofit mm-hmm. too. Um, well, that about does it for us. Lindsay, thanks so much for cool. being here. I'm sure we'll have absolutely. you Absolutely. Yeah. We'll yeah. I mean, we'll do it again before cost camp, right? So I'll be yes. at cost camp next year and yes. we'll, we can talk about be, the boot camp yes. and all that kind of stuff. If you guys were disappointed that Lindsay couldn't be at cost camp this year, she will be back in 2023. Um, so get your tickets. But yes, and then we'll keep everyone updated too when um, possibly some courses from Lindsay are accessible through Nonprofit Hub as well. But um, thanks so much again, Lindsay. We'll talk to you guys later. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us for this Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast episode. For more resources on fundraising, marketing, and all things nonprofit, be sure to check out the number one nonprofit toolbox at nonprofithub.org. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast.